Hey, you, dare to think. Y'all ready to get funky? Pizza's great, but it's not the gospel. Welcome to the campus of LCMSU, everyone. I am the Chancellor, Pastor Marcus Zill. Warning, the show might trigger you. You don't love the gospel. Hey, who let the campus pastor loose in the studio again? Zilly Zilly. Got a real treat today for you in the student union, everyone. We have joining us uh, Michelle Bauman, who is the director of Y for Life for Lutherans for Life, I believe, in Seymour, Indiana. Is that where you're at, Michelle? Columbus, Indiana, Col- just north of Seymour. Oh. But yeah, very close. Very okay. close. Columbus, so, Indiana. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. But you have served for many years in Seymour, Indiana yes. as a Lutheran school teacher. Yes. Yeah. At Trinity Lutheran High School down there. And you have been, how long have you lived there and how long have you been with Lutherans for Life now? Sure. So I have been, I've been in Columbus uh, with my husband. My husband's a pastor. So he received his first call 18 years ago and uh, we've been here ever since. We love Southern Indiana. And um, when he received his first call, I received my second call to Trinity Lutheran High School. So I served there for 17 years and I've been with Lutherans for Life now for just a little over a year. I joined um, in June of 2019, the month after my oldest son graduated from high school. Wow. So awesome. yeah, it's been wonderful. And what did you, what did you teach at the high school there? So my main call was to teach English, um, primarily juniors and seniors. So when I started out, the school was very small. So I taught all levels for a while. Um, but then as it grew, the, those, the lower grades um, were, were given to a couple other teachers. And then I also taught drama and speech uh, and served as the recruitment director for a number of years. Wow. So Lutherans for Life, I think most of our listeners know a little bit about Lutherans for Life, but maybe not uh, why for the number four life. Tell us a little bit about your position within why for life within the umbrella of Lutherans for Life. Okay, so why for life? Well, Lutherans for Life in general wants to equip Lutherans to be gospel-motivated voices for life. And um, in general, they try and do that through churches and for adults. Um, But why for life is a branch of Lutherans for Life then that focuses on youth. And so when I when I took the call to Lutherans for Life, uh, Lutherans for Life, Why for Life was already serving college youth, youth at Lutheran universities across the nation. So most of our Concordias. Okay. Um, and then in calling me, they wanted to expand that ministry into the high school level. So, um, you know, my job really is to engage Lutheran youth and and uh, for, primarily that's what you know we've been doing. There's been a, a few few youth that have attended things um, that aren't Lutheran, but uh, Lutheran youth across the nation um, as, and, and it not only just engage them, but teach them how to be um, gospel motivated voices for life and to uh, give them the 
I guess the ability not only to share that message, but also to build Y for Life teams on their respective campuses and in their communities. Um, some some are choosing to do that in churches as well. Um, so it's it's been kind of an exciting ride the last year. It's opened up a lot of avenues, a lot of doors for us um, by expanding into the high school setting. Um, and it's given us an opportunity to to really not only share the message, which youth are energized about, but also to give them the tools to share that message with others. Excellent. Well, one of the things that, uh, that you do is you have these, uh, you have some chats that come on yeah. um, that you, uh, what, how often do you do these chats and tell us about them? Uh, had a chance to kind of take one in um, after the fact and to check it out, but uh, tell us about these chats and what kind of topics do you usually cover? Sure. Okay. So Chats for Life actually was birthed of COVID-19. Um, traditionally, was Isn't my position. these days. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's right. So, you know, what I would have been doing was doing a lot more traveling um, this spring. And usually I would go into high schools and give presentations or do, do presentations on college campuses. Um, but, but, you know, halfway through March, everything shut down. And so I was, I was trying to think, how can we continue to engage youth and to educate them and, and keep them informed on life issues and help them to grow? And so um, kind of brainstormed and came up with this idea of Chats for Life. So Chats for Life is an opportunity for high school and college youth to gather together on Zoom um, every Thursday night at 8 p.m. Eastern seven central and um at these chats then we talk about different life issues uh, it is you know the life issues we've covered have all been student motivated hmm. with the exception of the very first one so the very first one i opened it up with hey let's talk about how covid19 is affecting your life and the way in which you serve others and then after that um we did a couple more sessions on covid we talked about healthcare rationing the potential for that how would we respond? We talked about um, the mental health um, component of COVID-19 and, yeah. and the increase in, in, you know, suicide, I guess, thoughts, suicidal thoughts. Um, and so we did that. We kind of looked at COVID-19 for a few weeks and I said, hey, what else do you want to talk about? And so they vote, voted and um, based on their votes, we've been covering different topics uh, each week. So we've talked about euthanasia. We've done a, we did a two week series on abortion. Um, we talked about contraception, about birth control. Um, we've talked about special needs, gender dysphoria. And then last week, um, we also talked about vaccines. Oh. So um, we had quite a few, I've had quite a few topics and we have some more to come. Wow. In the coming, and you do this once weeks. a week. and uh, Once a week, every Thursday. Okay. And in order for somebody to participate in this, um, what, what do they need to do? So it's pretty easy. They just contact me. They can um, do that through my email at mbauman at lutheransforlife.org. Or if they follow us on social media, they can DM me through Instagram or they can uh, chat with me on Snapchat. We have specifically Y for Life social uh, media um I guess platform. Well, we use the social media platforms sure. for Wife for Life, and then um, some of them actually contact me through Facebook too. Uh, but then do that through the Lutherans for Life page. So once they contact me, um, I send them a Zoom code and password, and they just have to log on uh, that evening. And and part of so, part of the reason for doing that, I understand, is that you don't want just anybody and everybody just you know showing up to and, join uh, and. Uh, 
creating havoc or whatever. You want it to right. be an honest place for people that are really interested in coming to ask their questions and to learn. Yeah, an honest place and, and a safe place for youth to discuss uh, things. You know, we we're actually going to be starting um, a discussion platform for adults in the in the future. I think it starts the first week of July because some of the adults have been real interested in our topics and and we're trying to keep it a place for youth for sure. youth to come and and to talk and to feel comfortable asking questions that maybe they don't want adults, you know. Uh, to just be sitting and watching. (laughs) So I can see how if that got dominated by people, even I would think at some point between high school age, you know, there's a big difference between a 10th grader and a, you know, a first year grad student post under undergraduate um, too. But uh, no, I can understand that. Uh, So um, no, this is great stuff. And we'll make sure to highlight it that at the end, I especially want to highlight an upcoming chat that you're going to do, uh, which will be tomorrow night. Um, Yeah. More to that in a little bit, but I wanted to ask you about this whole question related to vaccines. You know, we, and, and I want to commend you for letting these questions bubble up from the students. Uh, when I was a campus pastor, um, I did this once a week and I also had, uh, you know, a lot of things that we did where I came up with the topic and that's what we were doing or the Bible class or whatever it was. But I, I, I preach this to all of our campus workers. You gotta have some opportunities for young people to bring up the questions that they have um, and to address them. And, And usually, and I'm not probably as smart as you are, but usually I'd be like, hey, you know what? That's a great question. Let me tackle that in like three or four weeks. And then I'm like, oh, I better, <laughs> better, better do some learning on this one. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. I'm doing a lot of learning yeah, too. So I mean, right, right there with you. Everything dysphoria to it's like, wow, that's a lot yeah. in one week. But this vaccine question is coming up a lot because everybody's racing around the country trying to come up with a vaccine for COVID-19, et cetera, mm-hmm. et cetera. But let's back it up. It's always kind of important to talk about, okay, what's first things first, what, what in, in very brief, uh, what, what is mm-hmm. a vaccine? And ge- sometimes people talk about vaccines and, and drugs and shots and, and they're not all one and the same. What is actually right. a vaccine and how do they even get developed? Sure. Yeah. So a vaccine, to put it in very simple terms, is kind of like a, a preventative medicine. It's a medicine that we give our children and and you know adults later if for flu and shingles uh, to help them build up immunities to different diseases. Um, we want them to have those immunities before they even come in contact with those diseases, so that when they come in contact with them, they have the antibodies to fight off that disease, uh, and so that it won't be life threatening or make them very very sick. So a vaccine is created using uh, the virus to begin with. You have to have a, a sample of the virus and and then you have to have a place for that virus to live. So uh, cells for the virus to, to grow in. Um, a virus can't, can't live without another organism to be mm. attached to. And so they, they choose a host. Um, people who are researching or trying to develop vaccines, they, they grab that virus, they choose a host and they, they let it grow. Uh, they let the virus kind of uh, take over those cells and then once they have it built up to, you know, to what where they they need it to be, um, then they start to 
use those cells to create the vaccine. And in order to do that, they have to pass those cells through another cell line. So they have to pass the virus through a, a cell line a series of time, times. And what's that, what that's called is attenuation. So you might hear that, that phrase attenuation and say, what's that? Um, but it's really basically just weakening that cell or that virus, sorry, so that when the virus uh, is eventually placed in your body, your body is able to fight it. And they weaken it to the point that, you know, in many cases, it's actually dead. But it's this foreign foreign object then that is is placed in the body and the body recognizes it as something dangerous and so then builds up antibodies to fight it. Mm. So in that whole process, as they're doing the attenuation and they create um, what they think will be a good uh, vaccine, they test it on people and then check to see if those people have created antibodies for the virus. And once they find that it works and there's no major side effects, um, then, you know, mass inoculation begins. So that's when they can bring it out to the public and say, here, if you don't want to get sick with the flu this year, take this virus. Or if you don't want your kids to have the chicken box in the, in the future, let's make sure they, they are vaccinated. So, yeah, I mean, that's very simple terms, um, but, you know, no, uh, sure. I'm not, not a scientist, but this is, you know, what, what I have discovered. No, so. absolutely. No, that's very helpful. So how do these cell lines come to be? Um, right. And obviously this gets into, well, eventually we're going to talk here about a lot of the, the kind of the life issues and the ethical questions that come up, but kind of all gets back to these cell lines. How do they, how do that, how does right. that work? So they have to find a cell line that works, a cell line where the virus will be able to, to um, hijack its manufacturing components. And there's really only a couple of choices and that's animal or human hmm. cells. And once they find um, a cell that works, then they use, you know, then they use that cell to create those cell lines. They allow the, the cell cell lines, they allow the cells uh, in the original um, donor to reproduce as well. So then you have these cell lines that you can pass the, the virus through. Um, so yeah, you, that's, it's, it's kind of a, in order to create the vaccine, they, they have to test and see what, what will work. You know, it's not going to work on every, on every type of cell, sure. every, animal cell. But if it's a virus that humans are fighting, then it's going to, by nature, work. Um, you're going to be able to pass them through human cell lines. And that's where, you know, the life issue comes in. And it depends on how they gather those cells um, to create the cell lines. So what are some of these ethical issues that, that just inherently come up whenever we talk about this? Yeah, well, unfortunately, um, one of the easiest ways to to gather um, human cell lines is through abortion. So abortion is, you know, the primary ethical issue. Um, the I the cells from aborted fetuses are ideal in many ways because they don't. Um, they're fresh, right? They're new. They haven't been introduced to other microbes or or diseases um, that maybe adult cells have been exposed to. And so, um, so from fetuses, a scientific perspective, this is uh, where they would like to go. If right, if all right. things are equal, 
that's where right. they'd like to go. Mm. Some some researchers. Now, sure. obviously, there are Christian researchers that yeah, yeah, would sure. say no. That, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, it's it, it, it's a, a cell. These are cells that are have not been been tainted by anything, right? And mm-hmm. if they come from healthy parents, um, you know, they certainly take a look at at the baby's um, parents. Then then that baby, um, before it's even aborted, will sometimes be be you know this this will be a, a great sample for us now of course as life people uh, we would look at that and, and say no actually it's not a great sample um, and the truth is when you look at um, the create how to create those cell lines you don't have to use material from aborted fetuses you can still use uh, cells that are that have not um, been maybe tainted by other microbes by using other other blood samples or, or tissue samples, for example, from the placenta or from the amniotic fluid or from the umbilical cord. Um, these are places where there's no ethical problem in, in gathering some of that tissue because those, you're not killing a life. Those are all things that, you know, you don't have to ab- abort a baby Right. In order to get those things, because, you know, I, I have two children. I've always wondered, well, what happened to the placenta? <laughs> yeah. You know, what, right. Where did these things go? But this is, this, these are materials that are naturally available, um, that are viable. Alternatives. That could be used. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And so, and, and, you know, sometimes adult cells can be used as well. There's vaccines that have been, or cell lines that have, um, you know, been created from human skin cells. Um, but then there's also a lot of animal um, uh, cells or, or tissue um, pieces that have been used, you know, from monkeys, chickens, rabbits, hamsters. There's even, um, I, I believe it's in Japan, they've developed a vaccine using um, the insect cell lines from the caterpillar. So, I mean, there are other, there are other options, and but... But again, uh, fetal fetal tissue is um, unfortunately fair, fairly readily available. Now there are some it, recently with um, you know some laws put into place. There's less of that available now, but there are lots of cell lines that have been developed already that are ready ready and waiting to be used. So, but many of these um, questions beget more questions. I would think. Right, right, so you yeah. Because these cell lines continue to, so like some people might have a question, well, okay, I'm not for this, um, you know, in terms of, I mean, obviously, I mean, my goodness, you could talk about the whole field of eugenics and its history and all right. of these things. And you, you end up, don't we run the risk of incentivizing people and almost developing a kind of a harvesting network and a market for these types of things if we're not careful? Well, yeah, I mean, those are some of the ethical questions that we have, you know, as Christians, are these partnerships godly between research developers and, and abortionists? I, I would say no. I mean, there's, there's a fear yeah, that there could be hand-picked fetuses, you know, based on family health or age. Um, we, we also have the ethical issue of, of consent. Um, you know, we, it is illegal to put, um, to use my body for some test that I haven't given you permission to use. You know, it's illegal 
for people to take my cells and and then develop some sort of medical well to develop a, fac- a vaccine if i haven't given them the opportunity to do so and that's what's happening to the baby right mm. um, those are the baby's cells and and we believe that humanity that humanity starts at conception that this is a life and so um you know, we have a very basic, basic ethical issue right there. Um, we also have the, the issue that babies can feel pain, mm. um, pain and suffering. Uh, we know that the umbilical cord is developed, that breathing starts, that these things happen around week 10. And if you look at um, the, the cell lines that have been developed and when they took those children, um, you know, they aborted those children and then used, you know, those cells. Babies, those babies were older than 10 weeks. Mm. Um, you know, they were 14 weeks or 12 weeks or um, older. And so we we know there was pain and suffering involved. Um, and of course, we don't as Christians ever believe that the answer to suffering is death. You know, we, we know that the, the answering answer to suffering uh, will be solved eternally, but we look to the God of life to answer the questions for suffering. And so, um, you know, so there's yeah, just something I, inherently jacked up about taking taking a life in order to help save lives, especially when right. it's absolutely not necessary to do so. Right. And, um, well, I appreciate you uh, taking time to, I mean, I'm sure we, we could talk we just got a couple minutes left here uh, sure. to talk forever about this topic, but I, I think it's really important for our listeners to understand, you know, let's, let's talk about what we do know. Where can people go to, what can they do? So somebody's out there yeah, going sure. like, I, I want to learn more. What, what should I, how can I be helpful to this, to this cause and do, um, to educate myself so that I can serve others by helping to educate them in a, as you say, in a gospel motivated sense. Right. Yeah. We want people to know uh, because, you know, if you do know, then you have you have a choice to to support research that's going to be done um, in ethically responsible ways. You can petition lawmakers. You can petition drug companies. You can ask your doctor for God pleasing alternatives. There are some vaccines that have God pleasing alternatives or those that are not ethically compromised. A, A really good website to go to is Children of God for Life. Um, Children of God for Life is a great place. They actually do that research for you and they have a list of vaccines and, you know, how those vaccines were made, whether they used fetal cell lines or didn't, and if there are alternatives. In fact, some of the vaccines that we have where uh, we have no alternative, there actually all are alternatives being used in other countries. There's one uh, that's being used in Japan um, for, for rubella. And right now, our FDA hasn't approved that one, so we can't get it in America. But we, you know, as Christians, we have the ability to petition our government and to say, hey, I want this option. Um, So, yeah, I think it's important to educate ourselves and educate others. I mean, vaccines can definitely be used in God-pleasing ways to support life. It, it does prevent disease. It does ease pain and suffering. It does prolong, in some cases, prolong life. And it does inhibit the spread of disease. You know, we're facing that right now with COVID-19. So vaccines aren't, the idea of vaccines, that's not an inherently wrong one. It can be a very pro-life, for life. Yeah. But it's just a matter of, you know, knowing where those vaccines come from. And again, that 
uh, Children of God for Life definitely is a great place to start, but contacting Lutherans for Life or Y for Life is a great idea as well. We and what is, what is your that. website? Is in Yforlife.org. Okay. Y is in the letter, yep. the number four, and then life. Yep. Well, fantastic. What's, what's tomorrow night's topic? Yeah, so tomorrow night we're going to talk about um, the social unrest that we're seeing in our country, um, what happened with George Floyd. Uh, we want to make sure that we can discuss the, the idea of where do we go from here? How do we uphold life, um, the lives of you know those who are who are suffering, who are maybe being persecuted, and and hopefully, I, I, I my greatest hope is that we can also talk about how we can find some unity in Christ. You know, God offers a solution that's eternal, and we want to talk about that solution. And so. you're going to have a, a guest speaker. Pastor Green, Everett Green from uh, Cincinnati. He's a member of our LCMS, and he will be, I'll be interviewing him tomorrow night, and he'll be leading that discussion. That is so, fantastic. yeah, please join us. I love it. Thank you for everything that you're doing in this regard, and um, God's continued blessings on you as well as those that you serve uh, through Wife for Life. Thanks for joining us today. Well, thank you, and thanks for your support. That's all we have time for here today in the Student Union. Check out the archives of this program at kfuo.org. Learn more about LCMSU at lcmsu.org. And remember, college is tough. You need Jesus, we'll help.